As promised, we are joined right now by an NFL Network draft analyst. He is also the LA Chargers radio analyst. He is also the co-host of the Move the Six podcast. And NFL Network is going to provide over 50 hours of coverage of the NFL Scouting Combine this week. Live coverage of the on-field drills starting Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Of course, I am talking about Daniel Jeremiah. DJ, huge week. I know you've been prepping hard. Thanks so much for joining us, DJ. How you doing? What's going on, Rome? It's great to be with you, brother. I didn't know if we were uh, if we we're just doing all combine or if we we're going to mix in some Ethan Salas as our 17-year-old catcher who's raking in spring training right now. <laughs> you like what you see from him. Dude, 17 years old. What were we doing when we were 17 years old? I feel like a failure. Seriously, nothing that important. Nothing that important. You're right, though. I feel you, dude. So let me ask you why I could jump. I was going to ask you about the coaches not attending, but our time is kind of short, so I'm going to put that on the back burner for a minute. Caleb Williams, you've got projected as the number one overall pick. That's not surprising. We know what he achieved in college, DJ, but as impressive as it was, it doesn't guarantee future domination on the next level. Where would you like to see him improve if he is going to become a franchise quarterback on the next level? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a secret, Jim. He's, you know, he's got to have to play a little bit more in structure and a little bit more on time. Um, you know, I, I'm one who gives him a little bit of a pass because, you know, when you go through and watch their tape, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a reason why he got into some of those habits in the back half of the year. You know, when you're, when you're playing quarterback and they're rushing three and dropping eight and you're getting immediate pressure because your guard got whooped right off the snap, um, you get in some bad habits, man. There's nowhere to go with the ball, so you're trying to create and make something happen that's not there. Um, I thought there were times where, you know, he kind of got bored with completions, which you can't do. You know, he's big play hunting. He's got to take what's there. I, I think those are all correctable, though. So, you know, I, I, I'm I'm bullish on him. I hope he gets with the you know with the right coaches and uh, and they are you know able to instill some of these things in him. They're able to protect him. You know, a lot of times these kids come out of college and they go to the NFL and it's like, man, they've never they've never played behind a bad offensive line before or they've had, you know, superior talent coming from a lot of these schools where you're you're in a control position because your defense doesn't give up a ton and uh and you play with the lead and it's a lot easier to play the position that way. This is not that case. Like he he played with the hundred and twenty first scoring defense in the country at USC. Um, to put it in perspective, Mahomes, when he was at Texas Tech, they were 128. So his his group that, that he played with on the other side of the ball was a lot closer to, uh, you know, the Texas Tech that Mahomes played with than it was to the, you know, the, the Matt Liner USC Trojan days. Such good points. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. So, DJ, the question of the combine, or one of them, do you think the Bears will see him as such a generational talent that they simply have to take him at number one, or... Or could you make the argument that they've seen enough improvement from Justin Fields that they'd feel good about trading that top pick to get even more assets to build around him? In other words, if you were Chicago, what would you do? I'm going to chase the A-level quarterback, you know, and I give Fields credit. I think Fields has gone, if you're going to say Fields made the adjustment and the improvement from a C-level quarterback to a B-level quarterback, um, I, I still am going to chase the A, man. I just, I, I, to me, I, I look at the Super Bowls and you look at them like in a decade span, and you might get the outlier year where you're like, you know what? We used all our resources, we built up the whole team, and we were able to win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You know, every now and then you get one. Okay, hey, we won one with Brad Johnson, you know, Trent Dilfer, whatever. 
the, the majority of those Super Bowls are won by the Tom Brady's and the Patrick Mahomes, like the elite, elite dudes. Um, and I want to, I want to have one of those guys. So even though Caleb coming and say, Hey, maybe Caleb, there's risk there, but I know there's also the upside of the A uh, of him being an A level quarterback. And that's to me, I think at some point in time, there's no perfect prospects, but you've got to take your shot, man. You've got to go for it. And I think that's, uh, that's what that decision would entail. And that's what I would do. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. All right, since you're part of that broadcast team for the Chargers, I don't want you to get sideways with your new head coach, Jim Harbaugh, but (laughs) let me just say this. He predicted a few weeks back that his quarterback from Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, would be the first quarterback taken in the draft. We know that's not going to happen, but where do you see him landing? What do you like most about his game? Well, I I said that he's like an acquired taste. So the more I watched him, the more I liked him. Um, because, look, when you watch him on TV, as we all did, and you watch Michigan, you're like, dude, what does this guy do? Like, they just run the ball and play defense. Like, he doesn't really have to do anything. And then when you dig into the tape, and the more you watch, and the more you watch, and you see key third downs, and, you you know, you see those key moments where they need him to do things, and he does it. You watch, um, you know, him against Ohio State last year in the game that he had, uh, you know, and playing great in that one. And then fourth down in the playoff, you know, season on the line, he makes the play. So you got to watch more of him because he doesn't have the sheer volume that these other guys have because they didn't need him to. But I, I think it's all in there. I think he's got the skill set. Um, he's, by all accounts, really, really a bright kid. Kind of reminds me, the more I watched him, of like, this kind of gives me like an Alex Smith vibe. Like, same type build, doesn't get bored taking completions, just kind of just, you know, makes the play that's there. Um, not extra, just a really, really solid player. And that, you know, that's going to be appealing to teams the more work they do on him. All right, so DJ, your rankings of the top 50 draft prospects does not have a quarterback at number two, but rather Ohio State receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., which is understandable, right? He's a freak. Does he look to you like the NFL's next dynamic playmaker? And then what's your overall outlook on the wide receiver class? Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's going to slide right in there with that, that top group that we have. I mean, he's really, really physically gifted. I, I don't think he's alone. I, I think those other guys, uh, with a Dunze from Washington and neighbors from LSU, I think they're special players. Totally different, you know, styles. Neighbors being kind of the dynamic run after catch, you know, get on top vertical guy. Um, you know, big big plays. With a Dunze, you get the catch radius, the physicality. I think he's going to surprise people when he rips off a low four four out here too at like 218 pounds. He's got like a little bit of to to him, to be honest. Um, uh, he's a he's a really really talented player, and then you know we we talk about Marvin. So this college game, Jim, with you know with high schools seven on seven, and every college in the country throwing the rock, like we're going to see wide receivers every single year. It's just what the game's given us. Hey, TJ, let me ask you something. When you talk about evaluation, like many thought that S two cognitive test had become such a key, <laughs> and then of course you know where I'm going. It took. Hey, the stock was not as high when C.J. Strzok bombed his test allegedly and then went out and had an amazing season. So when you look at things like that, like, what do you make of that as a determining or as kind of a tool for teams to use? Is it as important after that? And then what do you make of the jerk or jerks who leaked the score in the first place? Yeah, I'll work backwards. Like, I don't understand why in the world you'd ever do that. Like, it just, I don't. It's somebody's. It's somebody's life. Um, I just. I don't get that. I mean, there's a lot of people who have access to information, um, but somebody decided to 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 put that out there. So I, I don't agree with it. 
Uh, I just don't know whatever would lead anybody to want to do that. But um, working from into the front of your question, Jim, there's no trust me. Everybody's been trying to find like the 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 cheat code here on evaluating quarterbacks. And it turns out maybe the only thing harder than playing the position is evaluating the position. Hmm. There's no, you know, there's no secret formula. You know, Parcells used to have his like criteria. If you check all these boxes, that was, you know, that was crucial. And then you had guys that came in and didn't do that. You know, we had, uh, okay, we're in the era of the, you know, we came out of the era of the big quarterbacks. where We had, you know, Brady at 6'5", Roethlisberger 6'5", plus, Peyton 6'5", plus. And then all of a sudden, Russell Wilson comes around like, wait, come on, this guy can't play, he's tiny. And then uh, he goes out and has has his success. Then we then we see Mahomes and Josh Allen, you know, off schedule, creative playmakers. Like, okay, well, that's the direction we need to go. And now we've got Brock Purdy, you know, playing at Super Bowls. So it's there's no you know there's no type, there's no there's no test uh, that you can have cognitively or even just watching the tape, uh, Jim. It's it's uh, it's about finding the right fit for these guys in the right locations where they can really accentuate their strengths and hide their weaknesses. That's really what it is. Such great stuff. He is an NFL Network draft analyst, as you know, a good friend of the program. The NFL Network is going to be all over the Combine, 50 hours of coverage of the Combine this week, live coverage of the on-field drills beginning Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Daniel Jeremiah, our guest. DJ, appreciate you so much. I know you got a huge week ahead of you. Thanks for starting off with us, DJ. Appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you, Ron. We'll wrap again soon. You got it. My man, Daniel Jeremiah. Nobody better. I'm just going to leave it at that. Nobody better. Nobody better. You will never, ever find a better dude, and you will never find anybody better at their job.